Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Slapcast. We are going to be talking about the Defenders again. Last time was our predictions. This time is going to be our reactions. I am Schwartz TKD. I'm Legend by Design. And uh, let's just let's just hit it off. Um, Iron Fist is a douche. Yeah. Yes. Foggy needs to calm down <laughs> or die. Karen needs to actually have something to do, or other die. than other than be a wet blanket. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I think that wow, yeah, that's that's silly. Yeah, we had like a whole a huge chunk of the last podcast was us just complaining about the two of them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's actually a really good point about the bulk of the supporting cast in the Defenders. If you're not banging one of them, you did not have much to do. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the exception being Misty Knight. Yeah, because um, she had a uh, she has a pretty big role, um, but that. Makes sense in the narrative. Um, really, what it boils down to, what it boils down to for me, and we'll get into, we will of course get into more details on this. Sure. But the things that were good about the five seasons that led up to it were still good, if not better. The things that were meh were still fairly meh. You know, some slightly less so. Um, like I said in the Iron Fist po- podcast and in the last one. Uh, Finn Jones was much better uh, in in this than he was as a solo lead in Iron Fist. Yeah, uh, it was interesting to he, see for sure. And what was interesting was that even in even in scenes that he was by himself, he still came off stronger. Not always. Uh, like the epilogue scene when he's talking to Colleen, it was right back to the problems I had with his performance in Iron Fist. But for the most part he was a lot better because he had a lot more people to work with and share the spotlight with. He didn't have to try to hold it, hold up the whole performance himself. Sure. Um, but I mean, just to give it a number scale of one to 10, definitely like a solid seven easily, mm-hmm. you know, seven and a half, I think seven. I got, in, a, little, in I, got that a I got a lot of enjoyment out of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my opinion swings from like a six to a nine, depending on what scene we're in, but you know, by and large, lands in the in the sevens. Um, I'll say right now, best part, favorite part. They did exactly what I was hoping they would do. I talked about it last time. They had a shot in one of the fight scenes that it was a continuous camera shot. That was all I wanted at some point, and they did it at the perfect time too. They didn't do it because really the defenders only teamed up twice as a whole team. Yeah, once in the in the boardroom that they'd had in the trailers, and then in the finale. Yeah. The boardroom fight was great. Like, when Luke busts through the doors and it changes to the, to the you know, rap, hip-hop style music for the fight track, Yeah, I cracked up. I loved that. Yeah. Um, and they they had solid reasons in the narrative for, they were, for them all being there. It was not contrived. And that's actually a really good point I want to make, is it never felt contrived why they were moving from plot point to plot point. Yeah, no, that felt very natural. Mm. I agree. No, I just okay. yeah, I agree on that. I don't want to dominate the conversation. Just talk, dude. Okay. Going back to the fight scene, it was... It was well choreographed. It was very well choreographed. The camera didn't just spin in a circle. It actually moved back and forth around the room. So you got to see all sorts of different angles. You got to see everybody showcasing their stuff. Um, aside from that, the best fight scene... Actually, the best fight scene, period, was Daredevil versus Iron Fist. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was easily the best fight scene, hands down. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of the other ones, like especially with like Elektra being the Black Sky Assassin, 
A lot of them were still shot in dimly lit areas. They weren't using as many jump cuts as they were in Iron Fist, but they were still using quite a few. Uh, but it was at least easier to track the action. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, that continuous camera shot, though, I timed it. It's over a minute. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. Yeah. You know, and um, they did. Yeah. They have a, they seem to be doing, they seem to have some kind of formula and it's working. Yeah. Guys were getting chucked across the screen by Luke, who was just calmly walking around and just, uh, and then you had Danny and, and, uh, Matt doing all their kung fu flips and kicks and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And Jessica just smacking bitches. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's all you got to do yeah. is smack some bitches. Yep. Um, that's all I got for like general stuff before I get into more specifics. Yeah, just I don't really have any other thoughts other than yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Well choreographed, well written, well acted. Jessica Jones is my favorite part. The yep. whole thing. Uh, Luke Cage was pretty cool too. <laughs> and see, that's what I was saying. The parts that you, if you liked parts before, you're gonna love those parts now. Yeah, true. If you were iffy on parts in the lead-ups, then you're, it's going to be hit or miss for you. You're either going to be happy or you're going to be even more disappointed. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to segue into, I'm going to use that as a segue, the hand. I was just bored with them and their internal politics and all that shit. And it's something that has been at the itching at the back of my mind. I haven't been able to put my finger on it ever since Iron Fist because... In Daredevil, the hand are this weird shadow ninja cabal thing, and then the chased sticks crew is just as weird. So you don't really know anything, and that's cool. That keeps the mystique. Sure. In Iron Fist, you learn more about the hand, and then you learn that this, there's this other faction of the hand, other faction of the hand. And, you know, and you start to learn more about it, but it doesn't, you know, they, they don't really explain it very well, and it's just kind of weird. And then it turns out, in Defenders, that both of those factions are actually the same team. They just don't always get along. And, oh, by the way, they answer to this even higher authority in the form of Sigourney Weaver. But that's where it actually fell apart for me. Because when you... It's like when you do a crossover episode of a show and you introduce a big villain that all of a sudden all the other villains are answering to. Like, it doesn't make sense. If if they've been answering to this person all along, why haven't we heard about them before now? And to establish this new villain as credible, the previous villains, like Madame Gao, was legitimately threatening in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And still somewhat an Iron Fist. But Kudo? Kind of stupid in Iron Fist, honestly. Um, but then in Defenders, in the very first episode, you have Madame Gao talking to Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's character, Alexandra. Sorry for the background noise, folks. Laundry machine's going. It's all good. Yeah. So you have Madame Gao talking to Alexandra, and it turns out that they find this, you know, for the plot details, they find this thing in the base of uh, underneath New York that they need a certain thing to open. It's like, oh, the elders of Kun Lun sealed this thing. And Madame Gao's like, oh, I wonder what the key could be. I'm like, really, Gao? How do you not know right away that it's Iron Fist? It literally was a line that they wrote for her character just to give Alexandra an excuse to show how much more she knows than everyone else. Hmm. It fell flat. It's a common problem when you do this thing by bringing in a new big bad. 
And it just annoyed me. And then for the rest of the show, no matter how much Sigourney Weaver brought to the table, and she brings a lot to the table, she is a huge talent, no matter how much she brought to the table, I was bored with her. I knew where it was going to go the whole time. I wasn't expecting her to die when she did. That was good. Although in the middle of that big villain speech, I was like, this is not going to go well for you. Um, yeah, so that's long rambling bullshit you know, petty rant, but that's just, that's just where I'm coming from on it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, I don't think it felt that, I, I didn't get that, like, I didn't analyze it that much. I know, it's a, it's, it's my thing. I do it for a living, dude. You, you analyze statistics, I, I analyze, analyze fiction. everything. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> I, I only notice these things so much because I have so much fiction background, I consume so much of it, that it's hard for me to not spot the tropes when I see them. And uh, alcohol helps a well, lot. I mean, you know. Yeah, but I wasn't watching Defend... Well, no, I did actually watch a few episodes drunk. Yeah. Yeah. And? How'd that go? It went just as well as if I was sober. I don't believe that at I, all. That's too bad. I just thought okay. it's not true. All right, it, it was easier to, to put aside the nitpicking when I was when I wasn't completely sober. I'll admit that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that sounds true. That but, sounds accurate. Yeah, but I didn't get like completely blackout, you know, because well, I wanted to actually retain it. Time. Yeah, I wanted to actually retain it because I'd be like doing the podcast, like, well, I mean, I kind of don't remember the whole middle because that I I ran out, I went through so many six packs. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, back on topic. No. I like this topic. <laughs> You're only on this topic because we went out last night with everybody. Pretty much. It was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, our entire, for, for reference, for the folks at home, we went out with our, basically our entire convention cosplay crew, um, and then some. Um, yeah, that was fun. It was, with a, God, there were like over a dozen of us for most there of the like, night. There were at least ten of us for the most of the night, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Um, you know, trickling down as the night progressed. Well, let's see, what, John, his girlfriend, was four... That's yeah, but either way. Fourteen. It was just it, fourteen at at our peak. Yeah, that was yeah. interesting. That yeah. It was a lot of fun to have. I've though. never been out with that many people. That's yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It was a great time. Yeah. Um But yeah, but back back on topic of the defenders. No. Yes. I, okay, fine. Yes, we we'll 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 work the other shit in as we do. Whatever. Um <laughs> One thing I really liked. Let's talk characters for a minute. Sure. Aside from the characters I already bitched about. One thing I really liked was for Jessica Jones. Um, at the end of her season, it's implied that she's getting right back into investigating because the phone is ringing off the hook. She's got messages, and finally Malcolm picks up the phone. What I really, really liked was that it turns out that didn't happen and that she's been struggling for the past few months with everything. And that makes way more sense. It's like, end of her show, she she snaps Kilgrave's neck. Although I'm really curious as to how they're bringing him back in season two. But yeah, that's, that's interesting. I can't wait to see that. But just mm-hmm. sticking with just season one at the moment. Um, I really liked, you know, she she gets her closure, but she's still dealing with it Yeah. in the, in the Defenders. That makes way more sense. Yeah. And with the events of the Defenders getting her hooked back into investigating, now she's ready. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a, it took something else. It, it it's like well, it because the whole the whole thing happened. You know, she she tried to be a hero, and that's how she got killgraved. 
So she needed something to show her that she can be part of that world uh, without without that happening again. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and that's a very honest representation of people with suffering from, from PTSD and similar things. Sure. Yeah, no, that absolutely. was great. That was one of the best parts of The Defenders. It was, uh, it was what she needed. It was yep. an exposure that she needed. Exactly. And I think that's a, uh, that's a very effective tool when mm-hmm. dealing with it. Not very easily dealt with, as I do not have post-traumatic stress disorder, right. so I don't, I can't comment as to the hurdles, you, the specific hurdles you have to jump over, but no, it was uh, definitely feel, yeah. and it definitely felt more, uh, it was very organic, yeah, and, that, how that happened. And you had her supporting cast, both trying to gently or not so gently push her back into investigating, um, you had some of them just supporting uh, supporting her while she was waiting. But, yeah, that was perfect. She got an experience. She got, an ex- as you said, ex- an exposure. And that was what finally let her realize, okay, I can be part of this world. Yeah, you can be part of this world, but if you're alone, there's a big, there's a better chance of you getting killgraved. Yeah. As you as you so eloquently put it. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I think that being a, being a part of this little ragtag group of misfits, like mm-hmm. most... Ragtag groups of misfits yep. and any kind of storytelling medium. You just kind of, she kind of needed it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then on the other side of the fence, you have you have Murdoch doing everything he can to resist it. Yeah. And I really did like the scene when Foggy gave him all those uh, case files. Uh, kind of like trying to... It, it really read as, I'm trying to help you tr- deal with your addiction. Okay. Yeah, that's that's how that scene came off to me. It both the language they both use, um, being like you know, I you know, Foggy saying things like, "I know you want to do this, but maybe this will help you." This is the lesser of the two evils for you to devote your addictive behavior to. I even admitted it wasn't a long term solution. Exactly. Yeah. But it's a start. It's what you right. can do, and that's how he's helping. Yep. Yeah, don't want to die. He but, had yeah. he had two great moments where he was where he really stepped back up to the plate from that. Yeah, true. Yeah, um, and and the second moment when he brings Matt his when he brings Matt the Daredevil suit. Yeah, in the police station, true. that also reads the same because the first time was okay. Let's take your addictive behavior and focus it in this direction as a stopgap, and then the other time was let's take your addiction and try to get it out of your system once and for all. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes makes sense. Yeah. Again, I mean, that may not be the intended read, but that's definitely a way to view it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And well, then meanwhile, means... meanwhile, you just got Luke being less like, "I'm just gonna be over here bulletproof and not dealing with your bullshit." Yeah. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah. He's just trying. He just got out of jail again, and he's trying to figure shit out. I like when they drove past when they were, when he was on the bus coming into Harlem. They drove past the barber shop. Yeah. Pop's yep. shop. Yep. Yeah. That was great. Great callback to not only his series, but the character of Pop that affected yeah. him in so many ways. Oh, affected all the audience. Like, I, I have to remind myself that Pops is only in, what, three episodes of Luke Cage? He's Yeah, he's not in too many. I, I question Pop, if it's yeah. even that many, but he's such an impact on the series. Yeah, he had left a lasting yeah. spiritual legacy. Exactly. Not just, like, scenes where it's his funeral an episode or two later. But like the I I have, I keep thinking that the character lasts longer before sure. his death. I'm just Definitely. Like, yeah. Um. <laughs> speaking of death, 
I was laughing the whole time that Foggy and Cameron were teary-eyed waiting for Matt to walk through the door. Yeah. I don't think... Even if they hadn't announced... Even if they hadn't announced season three? Of Daredevil. Yeah, even if if Marvel had not announced season three of Daredevil, I don't think anyone in the audience was convinced for a moment that Matt was dead. No, he's too pivotal, man. He's too experienced. He's too... uh, He's... Pivotal was probably the thing I should have landed on, but... Yeah. Uh, it was too. He's too essential to the defenders at this point in the juncture. At this uh, in the MCU, yes, yeah. he's, he's too important. Absolutely. I, um, <laughs> Not I that am, he has plot armor, but right. I the am, narrative uh, calls for more. Yeah, exactly. I am curious what they're gonna do in season three. Like, did the uh, did the dragon underneath New? Oh, by the way, the thing under New, underneath New York is a dragon, and that's how the hand has stayed immortal. Um, they never really explained that. Oh, the thing under uh, the thing underneath New York was a portal to the dragon. Well, yeah. Well, no, no. It was it was an actual dragon underneath New York, and the elders of Kunlun had sealed it, had sealed it away, the remains away. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Danny punched a dragon in the heart and gained the Iron Fist. Uh, the hand went a step further and simply killed the dragon and used its body. Yeah, and use its bones, use its remains. Right, as the quote-unquote substance that they use to keep themselves immortal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Right, right. They just, they took, they took it a step further, which was a step too far, and that's how they got exiled. Um, But yeah, so since Matt was right there, as the dragon was getting blown up with the rest of the building, are they going to work that into Daredevil Season 3? Is he... I imagine they're going to work that into Daredevil Season 3. Yeah. Like, did he just miraculously survive because maybe Elektra shielded his body somehow because she was super strong and whatnot? Uh, or or was it that he got mystically revived and now there's going to be something he has to deal with that's fallout from that? Because the Hand always had a huge role in the Daredevil comics. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the other reason why they were kind of meh for me. It was like, they did so little with them other than just random, for the most part, random disposable mooks. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what the hand are, usually. Like, in, ah. They're like foot soldiers and fucking... They're the foot clan, yeah. Uh, and Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. It's yeah, just, pretty much. They're just disposable minions. Mm. Rule of ninjas, the more ninjas you have, the less effective they are. Yeah. Huh. I guess that's why Daredevil works so well alone. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting, what else we got for it? an interesting idea. Oh, it's a whole trope. Yeah, it is literally like you can find. Again, I don't analyze. Very, you can find various like examples of it. There was actually a movie quite a while ago. I think the name might have just been Ninja, where like the guy had basically a curved sickle blade on the but it was on the end of a chain and he was just like really the whole and the movie was of course done in 3D so they got the chain like come out of the screen towards the audience Ninja Assassin Ninja Assassin yes yeah it's Um, like a yeah well except it wasn't it didn't have the other end of it it was just the blade portion there are two varieties right anyway so they um in that movie like when he's by himself he just mows down dozens of other ninjas but when they send one ninja after him it's a solid fight right yeah Basic rule of ninjas. Yeah. The more you the have... The ninja master. Yeah, the more you have, the less effective they are. Huh. I didn't realize that was an actual thing. It's... it's know, so you can... Trope. I mean, it, well, yeah, it's a it's I also a don't give a shit about tropes. <laughs> um, 
Well, G.I. Joe's another, you know, G.I. Joe used that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that case. I never was, saw G.I. Joe. In that case, it was always like, oh, here's, or, here's all these, uh, generic Cobra soldiers that can just get taken down, even if you don't hit them with your shots. Yeah. But then you get out any one character, especially a named character, and it's a solid fight. Oh, yeah. interesting. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. That's, I, of course, I don't really think about it that way because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care to. No. Yeah. <laughs> if I like something, I like it. If there are things about it that I like, I'll talk about it. If not, I don't give a shit. Right. Keep it simple. Right. What, um, actually, right, so what else, what else we got for Defender? What is, uh, I feel, I feel like they're just, I feel like I have more to say, except there's not... I've already said it all. Like, I feel like I should have more to say, rather. I mean, there's a, it was a pretty short series, too. It was, it was only eight, eight episodes. It was eight episodes. Oh, that was something I wanted to mention. Um, it did have good pacing. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah. the first episode dragged a bit because they kept cutting from one character to the other, just giving the... Yeah, until they all converged, and then... Right, uh, right. And, they yeah, they were giving all of the here's what we've been dealing with in between seasons, blah, 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 you know, backstory catch-up sort of borderline exposition shit. Um, so that kind of dragged a bit, but after that it was fine. The pacing was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I would almost say, like, they could have done it in six episodes, but I'm hard-pressed to think of what they could have cut out that wasn't that wouldn't be essential. Yeah, I I don't think they could have cut yeah. anything out that would be either take that would have either taken away from the story or. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of is a lot of the scenes where the various hand main characters were, because a lot of those scenes just ended up being the same conversation over and over again. Yeah. But cutting out too many of those, and you don't get the point across. Effect as effectively so. Right. Yeah. yeah. Eight episodes. It was a solid eight episodes. Climax felt appropriate. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, the post-climax epilogue, a little meh, just like the opening was. You know, the opening episode was. Um, another thing I did really like was. I don't think those are meant to be spectacular. No, no, but they. Yeah, they just. They weren't fight scenes. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I know. That. I'm putting yeah. words in your mouth, dude. That's what it, I yeah, right. It just it just drags slightly. You know, like I could have been tightened up a little bit, um, but nothing, nothing like really major. Just yeah, it um, shortened it a few frames, a little bit. Yeah, just, you know, you don't have to have quite as many long pauses, sort of thing. You don't have to show Danny sitting there for. Like meditating for like a full fifteen seconds before calling comes in, you know. Right. No, I mean little little things, but nothing nothing major enough to make it unwatchable, of course. Yeah. And nothing major enough to really be worth cutting out. Atmosphere is important in these shows. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. Very true. They're very emphasized, Mm -hmm. and it's kind it kind of has to be. Speaking of atmosphere, the use of color. Uh, not just the fact that Luke was more often than not wearing a yellow shirt and little details like that. Yeah. But did you notice that the actual scene mood lighting was color themed for each character? No, I didn't know that. Uh, if it was a scene that Matt is primary, primarily in, or if he's the only one, it was red, um, purple, you know, looking kind of hue for Jessica. 
Yellow for Luke and green for Danny. Are you just making this shit up? I am not. This is true facts. I don't believe you. Watch it again. You'll I'm see. I'm not going to watch it And again. scenes... Oh, so it's not that good, is it? No, it's plenty good. It was I plenty just... good. No. No, it's... It, no, I'm serious, though. Scenes that one of them is in tends to be tinted differently. Even if it's just a scene of Jessica and Trish walking down the street, they have a slight blue filter on the lens. So it... Because it was color-themed for each character. Then scenes when they're all in, or even just a pair of them, uh, either mix the two colors, or they're brighter in general and they pop more. That's why that scene in the restaurant is so looks so vibrant. Because everybody's there. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it keeps... It just keeps your attention anyway. Well, of- yeah, but it was also... You know, you mentioned atmosphere, and, you know, the mood lighting was a big part of that for me. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that also happened in a very well-designed Chinese restaurant. I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people didn't notice the lighting, but it was it was definitely there. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe it. You notice it most in the first episode because, again, they cut, you know, it's like, here's here's Matt, here's Jessica, here's Luke, here's, uh, here's Danny. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. So sure. you, you notice it most in that one because as they're cutting between them, the lighting would, would change, obviously. Like I said, the lighting would be reflective of each one. Then you've got scenes with the hand. Theirs is basically just stark white. Yeah. Um, right. You know, they had a lot of their background setups were just solid black and white anyway for the for the decor and the paint and on the walls and everything. But the lighting didn't have any additional color effects. Huh. Where'd you read this? I, I, did, I watched it. <laughs> and then I... I'm fucking with you, dude. Just come back. Come on. Relax. <laughs> I, wa- I watched it, but then, yes, I confirmed it through a few different people. Okay. Yeah. Um, one right. of them, my favorite reviewer, um, uh, Movie Bob, he mentions it. Um, and then, yeah, just various articles on just general reviews of it. A lot of, a lot of the reviewers have pointed it out because it is a nice artistic touch. Sure. Yeah. Aside from, like, that fucking fight scene at, in the climax... It was one of the things I enjoyed the most. Yeah. 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 Uh, I could see I could definitely see the appeal with that. Yeah. Um, it's very a very subtle nuance that mm-hmm. helps establish a different character each character as their own unique entity. Exactly. Like when Luke comes back to Harlem, you don't quite notice it when he's walking around town, but they make all they make it look like it's an exceptionally bright sunny day because yellow's his color. So there's a lot of yellows and a lot of warm hues. Matt in his in his apartment getting ready for the case and then in the courthouse a lot of red hues tinted etc etc sure yeah okay. um, and then uh, fuck I lost my train of thought it'll come back to me if it's important color stuff well no I was gonna say something else but other color stuff no okay I'm just trying to help dude alright alright you're failing yeah oh, I said I'd try <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't set out to succeed um <laughs> Oh, here's something I was curious. Wasn't Punisher supposed to be in this? I thought he was going to have a cameo. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I heard rumors of it happening. I didn't know if he was. I mean, I know that be, it was. A, there was a trailer for for his uh, season, for his series, right after the end credits of the last episode. But, that must be what I was thinking of. Yeah. So I guess I guess he technically made an appearance. But, I mean, if it's like just a trailer, trailer, not really. If it's a post-credit scene where he's... I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. 
that'd be different. Like like the one at the end of Doctor Strange where Thor is sitting there as a setup for Ragnarok. Right. Like, that's Thor appearing in Doctor Strange. Sure. If you just, at the end of the credits, you do a trailer like any other movie trailer, yeah. that's not appearing in. That's, here's a trailer. What do you, uh, what do you think's gonna happen in Thor Ragnarok? A lot of shit, and it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. I cannot fucking wait, man. They're, uh, well, they're redoing. They're they're doing another Hulk Thor fight, which people have been wanting ever since the Avengers. Yeah, it's it's like the Goku Vegeta effect. You know, people want to see these characters beat the shit out of each other again. True. Um, I like how eloquent the Hulk is. You know that he can actually have a solid conversation. Uh, although I'm curious, there have been some scenes in the trailers where he's back in banner form. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it'll be nice to see both Hulk and Banner. Um, I saw a few behind-the-scenes photos of him of uh, Mark Ruffalo doing mocap for yeah for Hulk. That yeah. was that was pretty funny looking. It it's gonna be great, and they are such troopers for doing stuff like that so seriously. Well, like in uh, Age of Ultron, uh, Elizabeth Olsen would would talk about how she had to look up at the prop that that Spader would wear attached to him. So it was basically just a stick with a globe on the top of it Mm -hmm. for where Ultron's head and eyes would be. And she had to look up at that while Spader was talking in front of her. And she said it was so hard not to laugh because it basically was just a giant, giant googly-eyed bobblehead. Yeah, right. Huh. I mean, you got to be creative in certain things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to give them a reference point because if you don't give your actors a reference point for the CG... They're just gonna be staring off in the space. Yeah. Um, an example is that I can think of is the. Uh, it wasn't really a remake. It was, you know, they 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 filmed it as if it was a prequel to uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. Um, now the original Thing is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Between all the practical effects and and everything, it is creepy. It is unnerving. The concept itself is awesome. In the reboot, they did the monster alien entirely with CGI. Huh. And they didn't... I don't think they gave the actors a single reference frame to work with. An example is at one point, a little... Because the whole thing with the with the alien is that each part of it is a fully... Fully functioning organism. Fully functioning organ. Thank you. Fully functioning organism. So, like, at one point, two, two of the main characters are running from what is basically the severed arm of, of the alien when it was posing as a human. And... They act, they, uh, have an axe and they slam the axe into it and pin it to the wall, which somehow kills it, even though nothing but fire is supposed to kill it. And the wall is less than three feet in front of them. They are both staring at it and you can tell neither is that, neither actor is looking at the right point. And it was so awkward to watch. Um, and then other points were like the alien, because it was CG, they kept a human face on it at all times. Hmm. Whereas in the original, once it shed a human form, it didn't bother keeping a human face. It just went with whatever was it needed at the time. Sure. Um, so it was such a bad use of CG, and not give, and again, not giving the actors a reference point. Sure. Just made it awkward. I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. Um, and then. Yeah, not not no CG awkwardness in the defenders. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that. Well, they didn't need it. Just <laughs> just Danny Rand awkwardness. Yeah, well, dude he wasn't he wasn't awkward. He was a douche. Yeah, that fight when he and Electra are fighting, and she needs in, in the cavern that they need the iron fist to open the 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 door the gate for. Yeah. I'm like, 
Don't turn on your hand. Don't blow up your hand. Don't do it. Don't. Oh, you're doing it. Like, I'm literally, sh- I was actually having a shouting, a shouting at the TV moment. Where I'm like, this is the oldest trick in the book. All you have to do is not activate your iron fist. Yeah. And you did because you're stupid. Either that or you thought it was the only way you could win. But... Well, I mean, yeah, but that's, of course, that's exactly what Electra was waiting for. And as soon as he did that, she just caught his hand with the size and t- slammed his glowing fist into the wall. And yeah. there you go. She won. Yeah. And? I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't effective. I'm just saying, like, it's the... I, well, I was texting you. I was just like, Danny, don't don't do it. Don't All this trick in the book. Yeah. That's the reason they still work. That's yeah. That's the reason they're in the book. Yeah, well, because I'm, they work. Yeah. What is that there? Oh, it's it's probably just something on the highway or on uh, on this uh, Williston Road there. Eh, I've lost yeah. interest. Uh, I keep looking at this helmet. It's interesting. I know, I know. My looks, Loki, my Loki helmet it looks like a looks like fucking Hellboy's horns. Yep, it's. It I, came I keep out expect, so well. I keep expecting it to have like a little crown made of fire in here, but then I realize that that would be pointless. I might have to have someone Photoshop something like that in with my next picture, though. Maybe yeah. like some kind of magic glow effect, like he has like that green magic waves. For for reference, folks, my Loki helmet is sitting right on the table in front of us for my uh, for my Loki cosplay. Yeah, check yeah. me out, Nine Realms cosplay. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Man. I'll I'll put a link in. Yeah, definitely worth doing. Yeah, yeah. Whoever you know it was well well constructed. All right. Yeah, the three D print came out well, and the paint job paint job's coming along nicely. It's gonna yeah, have it it's gonna co- continually have touch ups and, and tweaks as uh, as uh, as oh, it's yeah. perfected. But yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks phenomenal. Yeah, good job. Yeah, and no, whoever made it. Yeah, nobody else. Uh, nobody else in the area has a uh, has a Loki helmet like this for their cosplay. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's a lot. There's probably people who like go to New York Comic Con as Loki and don't have something like this. So yeah, yeah, that's that's possible. Yeah, thing's freaking heavy too. It weighs like five pounds. Yeah, it's all in the front too because that's where the horns are thi- are thickest and heaviest. Yeah. Well, so even though they taper back, all the weights right in the right in the front, right basically right in the forehead. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually had to put this back piece of padding on to catch it behind my head here, so that if I looked forward, it wouldn't slide down. Yeah, like it would, it wouldn't fall off because it's such a close fit around my skull that it wouldn't like fall off my head if I did sure, that. Sure, sure. I have to pry the chin pieces apart slightly just to get it on my head in the first place. Yeah, I'm already worried that one of these days I'm going to be like pulling on these slightly, and they're just one of them's just going to snap. Yeah. In which case, you just glue it back on, but, you know. Still, though. Like you do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, like, there's a ring of padding right here to make it rest at the right point. Otherwise, this just falls completely down my head. And the Cosplay little, problems. Cosplay problems, yep. It's, the padding is actually so tight to keep it in place, it gives me a headache after about ten minutes. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Hashtag cosplay problems. It's, it's also just a, a heavy helmet to wear. Yep. Yep. And... That that shouldn't be taken out of account. Nope, that's pretty funny. After because uh, when I wore it at the local thing um, that I did recently, huge yeah. su- huge success with a local uh, a local event, and we're doing another local event tomorrow. It's just going to be just as successful, I imagine. 
Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do details in the next one. Sure, I don't want to sure. like blow the. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to blow the. I don't think it's for us to announce anything. Anyway. No, not yet. Not until afterwards. We'll be able to announce it afterwards. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, one local event I did last week was with the local sports team. Uh, they did a superhero night at the ballpark. Went with a couple of cosplay friends. Uh, I'll tag the Guardian Legion, our cosplay group, as well in the comments there in the uh, description. Sure. But uh, yeah, the um, the helmet was a huge success and but between like the weight of it and how it fit how tight it fit and of course the weather 85 plus degrees out whew, i was uh <laughs> i was dying yeah 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 that was a pretty uh it was a pretty impressive day it was it went the the whole the whole event went so well though um yeah, i'm glad to hear it yeah all right I think we're probably out of stuff to talk about for the defenders, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't have anything else constructed to add. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's one thing I want to close on. And, you know, between this and Iron Fist, and I think the reason defenders was somewhat meh was because the focus was still on Danny more than on anyone else. Danny and Murdoch, because they're the ones who have dealt with the hand. But um, a lot of the plot focus was on Danny because the hand needed the Iron Fist to do open the walt gate and blah, 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 blah. That's the most powerful weapon in New York at the moment. At the moment, so. yeah. The fact that it can knock Luke Cage on his ass says something. Yeah, right. Yeah. I do love that that punch to Luke was a nice throwback to his, what was it, his first episode when the guy broke his that hand? That was an early episode of uh, Luke Cage. I want to say first or maybe second. Either way, yeah. it was early in season one of Luke Cage. Yeah, some uh, yeah, some, some dude broke his arm hitting yeah. him. Yeah, and then they recreated that same punch with Danny and knocked Luke Cage just across the alleyway. So yeah. that was a nice touch. That was uh, that was a mild wharf effect. Yeah, there. yeah, a um, little bit. Yeah. One thing I did. One point I want to make is that you know every time Marvel has something come out that not everybody loves, it first started with Ant-Man because not everybody was a fan of Ant-Man. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit again in Age of Ultron because I'm, like, I'm one of the folks where that just does nothing for me aside from the spectacle of it. But like, you know, I can watch fireworks for the same spectacle. Um, and now Iron Fist and the Defenders to a lesser degree. Marvel at this point has built such a cinematic universe and such a strong thing that even if they have something that does completely flop even more than let's say they have something come out that's not split in the fan base that everybody is just like nope terrible hated it it doesn't matter they've built up so much goodwill and established such a strong process that they could have something come be a complete pile of shit and people would still go see the next thing be like let's say uh well, no, Black Panther and Captain Marvel both look pretty awesome. Let's say, let's say they do, I don't know, a fucking Squirrel Girl movie. Mm -hmm. You know, just to name a character. Well, aren't they doing a new Avengers thing or Great Lakes Avengers thing, TV show? Are they? Yeah, they are. Well, they're doing Inhumans. They're doing new Avengers as well. Oh, sweet. And uh, the person, from, Lily from the AT&T ads is going to play Squirrel Girl. Oh, bitchin'. Did you not hear that? No, I did not hear that. Okay. I didn't, I missed that piece of news. All right, well, let's just... Insert random Marvel character, maybe Nova, you know, although he'll probably be in that same yeah. thing. Yeah. Whoever it is, they release a care they release a movie about one character, and it tanks. At this point, it doesn't matter how bad of a bomb they drop in movie or TV, 
people are still going to be like, all right, yeah, that one was terrible. I'm still going to go see the next one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've been doing this for over a decade. I've made this point before. Um, they've been doing it for so long that oh, they could be so eight. Right. Yeah. For, yeah. For just about a decade. Um, they've been doing it long enough that they just have loyalty. Like a lot of people hate Iron Man too. They yeah. still went and saw Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. They are successful enough at their business model that it doesn't matter how poorly something's received. They're still going to do a, a second round of defenders after the next few individual seasons. Have they, uh, have they announced that? Yeah. I, I no, didn't see anything. No, but I'm sure it's going to happen. Okay. I mean, barring any changes with Disney pulling out of the Netflix uh, partnership, but let's just assume that they keep doing stuff on Netflix. Give it a few individual seasons. They'll I do th- another Defenders. I think everything that's currently there will stay there. That'd be my hope. But I don't think. But since there, but since uh, it was announced that Disney is launching their own streaming service, that I think there's going to be quite a bit. I know all their movies are going to be pulled off. They're right. Pulled off of Netflix. They're going to pull all their animated movies. They're going to pull all their TV shows, probably. Um, Disney, yeah, at the very yeah. least. But since the Defenders characters, which at this point is, there's five of them, counting Punisher. Yeah. Um, those are Netflix originals. <laughs> so either Disney's going to finish and then just end them and move on. Or they're going to pull out, but much like Fox still having Fantastic Four, Marvel is uh, not. Excuse me, Netflix is going to keep making be able to keep making seasons for these characters. Sure, that'd be. But then, then you know, then they wouldn't be able to have Spider Man come visit because, like, there's been rumors that he might at some point because he would be in the Disney streaming channel, he wouldn't be allowed in the Netflix streaming channel. Yeah. Um, that said. You know, I'll keep, I'll, I'm going to keep watching this stuff, you know. I'll, I'll watch Iron Man, Iron Man, I'll watch Iron Fist Season 2. Even though Iron Fist was my least favorite, I'll still watch the next one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The only one I've really given up on is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I honestly didn't really watch much past. A lot of people gave up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I I didn't give up on it, I just didn't didn't get hooked into it. Well, same, potato tomato in this case. It's you know. Not. Close enough, anyway. You know, a lot of, so, I mean... And that's, that's also why, like, Marvel is doing the Inhumans now. You know, they're just like, look, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not doing what we needed it to do. People were not interested in watching a weekly thing where they'd also have to catch the movie right when it came out to be able to not, to be able to avoid spoilers like the big Hydra reveal. Um, yeah, they just, they got, from what I understand, they just got sick of, uh, trying to, like, moderate Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and people just stopped watching it anyway. I stopped watching it in season three. Yeah, I didn't even finish season one. Yeah. I just, it just kind of fell off my radar. It I did. Didn't really it got, yeah, well, they kept also doing like mid-season breaks and shit, and it just got... I, I didn't start watching it until it was already on Netflix, and yeah. I just kind of lost track of it. I was just like, oh, there's another thing I'm watching. It's like, oh, it's like... Yeah. I, all right, yeah. Agent Shield was fine. All right, let's watch something else now. Agent Carter was good. I haven't seen any of Agent both, Carter. Both seasons were really good. Um, I kind of wish they had been able to continue that but they uh they canceled that because ratings in season two weren't what they wanted yeah. sucks because yeah. it was it was better do? than agents of shield yeah well, what are you gonna do yeah that's what it, that's what happens man yeah all right um i think that's a good enough point to wrap it up sure. uh so you know final final point 
If you haven't already watched Defenders, definitely check it out. Whether you've watched the other seasons leading up to it or not, you don't have to watch them. Yeah, be, not necessarily. There'll be minor spoilers, obviously, but fuck sure, it. Yeah. Sure. At this point, you've probably already seen those spoilers on, on online. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the first season of Daredevil came out in March of 2015. Yeah, so. it's been a little while. So right, um, check it out. Um, we'll be back next time with whatever we end up talking about next time. Um, yeah. And uh, check us out. Do you know? Please be kind and give us a, a like, a like, and a subscribe on here and on the main YouTube channel. And and you're on SoundCloud. And we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Sure. Uh, and we've got the links down below for all that stuff, as well as our Facebook pages and, and the other Facebook pages I mentioned, my cosplay page and the group cosplay page. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Peace out, Internet. Good night. <laughs>